and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Craig. Happy Thanksgiving. Wow. Uh, it's so exciting to, the, like, the holidays coming up and, um. uh, you know, I don't know. I have no idea what things are like where you are, but uh, for the past several weeks, the leaves have been beautiful. Like, the weather has just been so <laughs> nice. It's... It's amazing. And, you know, I'm on Thanksgiving break now. And then it's only three weeks and like three weeks and two days or something until Christmas break. Yeah. It's a glorious time. It is a nice. <laughs> the last three months of the year are quite nice, aren't they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> we they really we get are. Halloween. We do our Halloween thing. I always look forward to that. And then Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. Although when I'm not in the U.S., Thanksgiving is, well, you know what? Even in China, there are a lot of restaurants in town that do like a super expensive like Thanksgiving meal or something. That's weird. Are there that many Americans in China for that to be like a... I guess. It, in Beijing, not in China, in Beijing, a big city like that, there are enough to justify sure, that. Or sure. just, or you know, enough Americans to bring their Chinese friends along or just uh, curious other people. Sure. You know, that kind of thing. But right now I'm actually in Vietnam uh, on a little bit of a break. We're in, we're in Saigon, and it is about 80 degrees. It's in the 80s right now. Wow. Close to 90s, so it's very different. When I left when I left Beijing a couple days ago, it was actually uh, getting pretty chilly. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth as far as the weather goes, but there ain't no Thanksgiving here as far as I can tell. I can't imagine why there would be. Right. <laughs> we talked about, I, I think at some point you said, are we? should we do a Thanksgiving movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I feel like at this point, you know, we kind of question it because we've done it for so long. Like all of the obvious ones we've done. Plus, we've already done Blood Rage, and what's the point of doing any Thanksgiving movie? After oh that? my God! With I was just gonna say, plus we can't do Blood Rage every year. I would, I would love to. I really think we could make this a holiday tradition. I mean, <laughs> we're eight years in. It's not too late to start a, a Thanksgiving tradition of Blood Rage. There's so much to be well, said about that movie. That's, maybe someday we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so I would, but I like these traditions for the same reason that I like these holidays. Like I just I like tradition and uh, eh, I like it. So I was like, yes, I want to do one. It also forces us to like really dig deep and seek out movies we would probably never think of doing, just out of you know pure desperation. And I think that's kind of how we found this one. Right? That's why I picked this one. We, both of us found the same list, I think. Mm. Like, I think we both just Googled Thanksgiving horror movies, and we both found the same list. And uh, we originally said we were going to do uh, Escape Room, right? Mm-hmm, because it takes place during Thanksgiving. Kind of like we did Christy last year, right? That also took place during Thanksgiving, but otherwise had nothing to do with the holiday. Right, right. And I've seen Escape Room. I've actually seen it multiple times because it plays on the free streaming services that I just leave on in the background. But I couldn't for the li like I've seen it several times and I couldn't for the life of me think of what connection it has to Thanksgiving. And, and I still <laughs> don't know. Like it maybe maybe somebody at one point mentions, oh, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. But I was looking at that list and this title came up. The movie that we're doing this week is called uh, Alien Abduction Incident at Lake County. 
And I think that I initially scrolled right past it. Like, I don't even think that I read it because the picture that accompanied it was like grainy and it looked old and cheap. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm. But I was really questioning our decision. I'm like, that's not a Thanksgiving movie. So I looked back at the list and I read about this one and I was fascinated. (laughs) And so I texted you. I'm like, bro, I really think that this one is going to be more up our alley. Yeah. Can we do this? And, And you very graciously agreed. And I'm glad because I liked it. <laughs> you love found footage. Did you hate it? I I enjoyed it for what it was. I can't say that by the end of it, I was like super impressed. It's funny because I feel like between you and I, I have this reputation of not liking found footage movies as much as you. Yeah, and I knew that. And I think that still stands. However... If you go back and you review the episodes where you have foisted a found footage movie on me, more often than not, I've actually really enjoyed it. So this I would put a little lower on the on that list. I liked it for what it was. I, the, the backstory on this movie and the movie that it is actually a remake of is incredibly fascinating. And for that alone, I really liked it. And as a product of its time, I'm also impressed by it. However, watching it now, it was a little cringy, I thought, at times, and a little hokey. I did not feel like the acting was very good. It it wasn't terribly convincing. There were moments where I was taken out of it. And I think some of that, a lot of that had to do with some of the acting. So you already mentioned that this is a remake. Uh, uh, so the, the same guy. Dean Alioto. Yeah, okay. He shot a film <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and like it was this, this, uh, found footage. This, you know, of course, before Blair Witch, before found footage blew up. 1989. 1989. I know, right? 10 years before. It, and so he shot this found footage film about this family who experiences an alien abduction basically by the end. And uh, I think it aired on TV maybe once or something, but then it kind of got passed around on videotape and people thought this movie was, they thought it was real. (laughs) Yeah, we gotta, we got, we gotta talk a little bit about this because there's, there's a, there's some great information about the, we have to talk a lot about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, because the plot of the movie is super simple. Yeah. But you and I both, like, I, I, when I picked the movie, I started doing a little bit of research about it in advance, and I found out that it was a remake, and I found out that the remake was only about an hour long, and so I emailed or texted you and said, oh, it's a, it's a remake, I'll probably watch both of them, and so then you were like, well, let me know the deets, and I'll watch both of them, too. And I'm so glad we did, because that's I think, is going to be what is the most fun to talk about. It really is. Dean Aliotto was an aspiring director coming up to 25 years old, and he was really pissed off because he's turning 25, and all of the directors that he admired had already made their mark in cinema and directed their first movie by that age. And so he really wanted to make a movie, but of course he had very little you know, means with which to do it. And a couple things inspired him. I guess he was on an airplane trip and he was looking out the window and he was kind of thinking, what if this is the last I see 
of the outside world? Or what if I land and everyone's gone? And he had also been reading Communion, which was a book that came out in the 80s by Whitley Stryber that claimed to be a... Did you ever read that book? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> oh, my God. God, I'm so kind of surprised, actually, as... You probably saw it, though, like in the supermarkets and everywhere. It was huge in like, uh, I don't know, late 80s, I think, 88, 89. It came out and it had the picture of the, the alien with the big black eyes and the bald head on the cover. Uh, I don't Woodley know. Strivers, I, I was just going to say, like, now I'm thinking, oh, I vaguely remember that, but it may just be the power of suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't it know. Could be. I mean, that was so ubiquitous. That was such like a 1980s and even into the early 90s thing like yeah. the tabloids the tabloids god things have changed so much since we were young like i know that you're not even in the country anymore but the the grocery store aisles or like checkout lines used to be plastered with these tabloids and they were insane right and that doesn't exist anymore because the weekly internet. world news with, yeah. like, just completely false articles about aliens and UFOs. It was just for entertainment. Right, but the big-headed, like, big black-eyed aliens, like, that's the classic image that you would see all the time. This guy pretty much invented that, like, this guy I say did? invented, he claims it happened to him. Yes, Whit no, Whitley Stryber, Whitley Stryber. Oh, okay. He wrote this book called Communion. It was all over. I was super taken when I was, a, when I was this age, um, you know, late elementary, early middle school, with um, aliens and Loch Ness monsters and, and, and Atlantis and the possibilities of myth actually being true. And this was all I would devour at the library. And when this book came out and I saw it everywhere, I, I read it. Now, Whitley Stryber, even by the time he wrote that book, was a noted uh, and successful horror author. He wrote two horror books, The Wolven and The Hunger, which both got made into movies. Mm -hmm. So he, he's not like some random guy who's just trying to get attention. And then he claimed that he was... Uh, over a series of years, all of these crazy experiences with being abducted and like an alien, one of these aliens lived in his house for a while. I mean, it's it's really nuts. But, you know, there's nothing to, to say about it except that this is what he claims and nobody can really debunk it because it's just what he says happened. And uh, I read that book and it was crazy. But the cover of that book and his description of the aliens of being these, you know, sort of like uh, with these elongated heads with the round head and the big black eyes that are like oval shaped and whatnot that we kind of see as the classic aliens came from him and that book and the cover of that book, which he had a guy draw based on his supposed recollections. And that's what the aliens in this movie at, were patterned after. And so he read this book and he just kind of was like, I should do an alien abduction story, but I don't have any money. He ended up getting 6,500 bucks uh, from some company called Indie Syndicate Productions. Uh, to to do something, and he decided he would just shoot it on video and make it look like video. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he was trying to, you know, found footage wasn't really a thing as far as genre goes. There had been found footage movies before this, but that wasn't really in, in his or anybody else's consciousness. He just was like, I, I guess out of necessity, I'm going to use this brand new technology, which was 8 millimeter video camera, which he was very excited about using and uh, shoot this as though it were hap happening, as though, and he put himself behind the camera. It's really wild to hear about the process of doing it, because again, he, he was, he had 6,500 bucks to do this. He had a guy spend, um, a guy he met in Sacramento named Bill Bowes, gave him 750 bucks and said, can you please make a spaceship design for me? And he put this thing together as kind of 
foam thing with the like some platforms. He said it looked like garbage when it was out in the woods in the middle of the day. And he was like, uh, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's it like, doesn't matter." That's what the the original like when last night. So I watched the movie that we're supposedly talking about today, <laughs> and then last night. Late at night, Alan was gone. He was in a play, and he went out afterwards. I was watching this late at night, the 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 original, and I was like, "Oh no, this is a mistake. I I shouldn't be watching this because I think I like the original hour long version better." Yeah, in large part because the video quality is so bad. Yeah, that it's one hundred percent. Believable. It's more convincing. This looks like something that my dad would have shot with a huge ass camcorder on his shoulder. And it's even funny to me, like the original uh, version is about an hour, like an hour and five minutes. I don't know, something like that. Um, and it plays out basically almost entirely in real time. And it's just this one guy with, you know, this new camcorder that he just got, apparently he's using it for the first time and he has it the whole time. And usually one of your big issues with found footage is like, why wouldn't he put the camera down? Like put the camera Uh down. And I didn't have that issue with this movie at all because I remember being five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. And my dad, had that huge ass camcorder on his shoulder. Couldn't put it down. Never. <laughs> oh my God. There are hours and hours and hours it's of true. footage of us that nobody will ever watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm going to come right out and say, I thought that the original was way more convincing than the remake. Way more convincing. Way in more. fact, in fact, out of context, I could totally understand how some people could think it was real cuz it feels real. The newer one, it like they it it does a pretty good job, but yeah. there are there are so many cuts and stuff like it, it feels very edited. And there's so much cheese ball stuff in there. There it's is. Like- and the the original one is mostly uncut and it fe- it doesn't feel scripted at all because people are just talking over each other all the time like it just yeah. feels very organic like it it doesn't feel scripted at all it feels entirely organic it feels not like a movie because people are just talking over one another people are having inane conversations in the background just that like you can fully you hear yeah, they seem to be mugging for the camera at times, or like right. even having making some of these comments because they know they're being recorded. And and this was entirely improvised. What he did is he wrote out beats. He was like, um, "Here's what's going to happen here, you know, uh, in in this point, and then this point, and then this point." And then they went through just sort of some rehearsal. But he was like, "They don't want to get too detailed, you know, just kind of run around and pretend you're being chased by aliens, kind of thing." He said he thought I can just direct this from behind the camera. And just basically by going, oh, God, look over there. Or, you know, oh, shit, what's that? Oh, was that him behind the camera? He's behind the camera. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. The director was playing the young, the 16-year-old brother. Because this is supposed to be shot by a 16-year-old boy. He's like the youngest brother in this family of three boys. We're talking about the original, right? Well, I think it's the same in both, right? Like, there are three boys, and the youngest one is the 16-year-old who still lives at home. The older two are both either married or coupled up. 
So yes. so that was that was uh Dean Alioto behind the camera like he was playing. He was. He oh, was. God, I don't even know. You know how he says is. like holy shit like 21 times? Yeah. <laughs> That's him. Yeah. So yeah, he was like I could just direct this from behind the camera. I could like I could kind of yell, "Oh shit, what's that?" and then everybody kind of knew, "Oh, we're moving on to the, you know, the next scene." Oh my gosh. Or he would turn his head to the side and be like, "Cue the aliens," like, you know, "Cue the lights" or whatever, and he had some guys out and around the house, you know, on radios who could uh, turn things on and off and whatnot. And three kids, girls, little girls who were about, um, I think, eight years old, played the aliens who were. Uh-huh. But yeah, everything was improvised. And so he just got improv actors. I'm just picturing this in my mind now. Like, I'm I'm just picturing the scenario. And I just think that is so cool (laughs) right that that is so cool that he made this movie you know with a a, a big handheld camera on his shoulder and he was acting in it but also directing from behind it like ah right i i i'm 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 not going to give you too much credit because i've never worked with you but i know that you have shot films before and like that just seems like such a cool approach. It's pretty awesome. And it totally it it totally works. And and you said he hired improv actors. Now my biggest comparison complaint, I don't know what you want to call it, between the two movies, the mother in the remake, which is the one that we're supposed to be talking about, mm. sucks. Yes. And the mother in the original is amazing. Yes. She's fantastic. She is. It's so crazy because the actors in the original, I, pretty much none of them have any other credits on IMDb. They never did any other films. I don't know what they're doing in the acting world, you know, since then. Right. But as far as film goes, they've got no other credits. And in the remake, these actors are experienced. They yeah. were at the time and they are now. And the mother maybe the most of them, which is so embarrassing She's so terrible at it, but she's Jillian Barber. And Jillian Barber has been all over television. In fact, she's been in, in movies we've reviewed. She was in Needful Things, Jumanji. She's poorly cast. She's poorly cast. Yeah. She does not look like these people's mother. She looks like she could be their sister. Um, It, it just doesn't work. And it's interesting to me because in the remake uh incidental lake county they look like actors and they feel like actors whereas in the original i totally 100 percent buy that this is footage of real people in 1989 because in 98 he was specifically told by the studio it was originally developed as showtime and then went to upn and he was specifically told by them now because this is a tv movie and it's a bigger budget production you have to have more Better looking people is what he said. Plus, he had 1.5 million to work with. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was their direction. It would have been cooler, honestly, if he could have just shot it with a bunch of improv actors again. It probably would have turned out better, I think. But anyway, yeah, so he did this. And uh, by the way, that Bill Bowes I was just mentioning, that was kind of his first thing on a movie. But then he went on to, to be one of Tim Burton's guys. He worked on The Nightmare Before Christmas and Sleepy Hollow, Planet of the Apes. He a production designer for the new Scooby-Doo movies and Fantastic Four and all that stuff. Um, that's kind of interesting for making that shitty uh, 
not shitty. I say shitty aircraft, but it doesn't need to be good because it's grainy through a camera from a far away and and it looks great. So uh, in the original, it looks great. And then remake, it looks great, too. Yeah. I, and I was the camera work. What I love, it, it really applies to both, but even more so to the original. Uh, this all happens at night in a single location in a home. And I do think we should talk about the plot. I'm just not super worried about it because it's so simple. We can fly through it. But um, especially in the original, this guy is looking at everything through a camera, but it's nighttime and he's looking outside and you can't see anything. And that is, that's totally true to life. You couldn't see anything. Even if you had a light on your camera, if you're shooting into the dead of night dark, oh yeah, no, you wouldn't see anything. The only thing that you would be able to see, which is the only thing that this camera picks up too, is like if there are other sources of light, the camera will pick that up like a a light post or or something. Um, But I just loved, you know, you see in modern movies, whether they're, you know, shooting through a camera or, or, or not. Um, but you look into dark scenes and you can see a lot of what's going on. And with these 1980s cameras, no, absolutely not. And I loved that. No. And it made it even more suspenseful to me. There were times, um, especially in the original, when he was trying to look out of the window and I just kept, like, he kept, like, pulling the blinds apart and, like, looking out and he couldn't see anything. It's pitch black out there. I kept thinking one of the aliens was going to be, like, down at the bottom of the window. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're only, like, four feet tall. Oh, man. I mean, I'll have to say, like, and I think I've said this before, just because it's realistic doesn't necessarily make it fun to watch. And this was my complaint about the original was that even though I was convinced that these people were genuine, their banter, like you said, was perfectly realistic. You know, like you said, the camera work was utterly realistic. I mean, to the point where, you know, when he thinks they're aliens or whatever, like the camera's not gonna, is not really pointing at aliens at all. It's pointing at the ground because he's running away from them. Uh-huh. I mean, he's, he's working really hard to make it realistic and it shows, but the end result is like most of what we're seeing is shaky cam of of people's legs and feet when anything <laughs> interesting is happening on the screen, you know? I've said this before, you know, I did not like the Blair Witch Project when I first saw it, and that was kind of my complaint there too, was camera shakes everywhere. Whenever there's something interesting, we can't see it. And I know that was a lot of people's things that they thought was so brilliant about the movie. Oh my God, it, your imagination fills in the gaps, and I was... So freaked out that that just wasn't my reaction at all to the Blair Witch Project. Well, but that wasn't my reaction either. My reaction to that is what I imagine as I was watching this, especially the first one. But people felt some people felt about the second one too the same way. Some people really thought that this was real. There are people out there who still think this is real. There are people. It's, tr- it's ridiculous. There are people out there who think. That the government paid this director to make a remake to divert attention away from the fact that the original is real. It's hilarious. Even though when it was originally aired, it aired with credits that, you know, credited the actors with their character. You know, it made it very clear that these are actors playing characters. There are still people who think this is real. But when I was watching it, 
because I had read um, reviews. So I went to the IMDb page for Alien Abduction Incident in Lake County, and I read a lot of reviews, and a lot of people were like, give it a shot, it's really good, don't believe the bad reviews. But there were several angry reviews that were like, this isn't the movie that I saw when I was a kid, and that movie scared me to death and scarred me for life. And then I I went and read the uh, reviews for the other one, and they're like, oh yeah, this is the real one, this is the original it's way scarier (laughs) when I was watching I tried to put myself in the frame of mind like I don't know anything about this movie and I've told you we've done the Blair Witch Project here but for anybody who hasn't heard that episode Alan and I went and saw that movie when it first came out and when it first came out they were marketing it as though it were real we were a couple of big dummies who believed it was real and watching. And of course, you know, days after we had seen it, everything came out. I was like, Nope, just kidding. It's not. Um, but, uh, watching it and believing it made it so scary. And part of what made it so scary was how real it felt. And part of that was when something really scary happened, the camera would drop and they would just be running Uh. because that feels real. If the camera had stayed on their shoulder by their head, if it had kept shooting, that's bullshit. Nobody would do that if you're really that scared. Honestly, watching the movie that we watch for the podcast, Alien Abduction, Incident Lake County, watching it, I enjoyed it. But then watching the original, I was like, oh, no, the original's better. But I think that's because the remake is cleaner, it's sharper, the actors feel like actors, and it is unnecessarily padded with stupid shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Although, to be fair, the original also has its moments where I was just like, Please, can something happen besides us just watch this family banter back and forth? Uh, and thankfully, that was only an hour long. But, I, but you know, like you're saying, it, context is everything. And the thing that made Blair Witch such a phenomenon was because they had really taken advantage of the Internet, right? They yeah. had deliberately put up this website that, you know, with extra footage that they shot with people who were pretending to be experts and and you know they were really trying to blur the lines actively as part of the marketing and promotional campaign for the movie they even told the actors to lay low yes although one of them was like on freaking still still on tv and commercials for uh what was it steak and shake or whatever i don't know right <laughs> still like that was that in this case this was before the internet and the reason this thing got a reputation for being real and i'm, I'm talking about the original in night that was put out in 1989 is that it showed once and had a movie premiere, and um, the director, Dean Aliotto, really did not have high hopes for it. So his plan was to put it straight to home video. <laughs> and the distribution house that had his original tapes and even the artwork for the posters and the, the cover art and everything literally burned to the ground. Yeah. And took his whole movie with it. And so... He and everybody thought, well, that's it then. And he's like, I I almost didn't even care. He's like, I got my first movie out of the way. I got the experience. And then about five years later, 
after he had kind of forgotten about that and was moving on to other projects, he gets a call from some guy representing hard copy, encounters, and unsolved mysteries. Uh-huh. Three different places. And this guy's name was Sean Morton. And he said, hey, do you know anything about this found footage? And he's like, this was the first time he'd even heard the term found footage. Uh, he said that he found this footage was found and his, his name was on and all these shows wanted to get the rights to it. And did he have anything to do with this alien video? And he's like, yeah, I, I made this thing. And the, Sean Morton was like, do you know what's gone on with it over the past five years? And apparently a couple of videos. So the distributor would send out pre-release videos or whatever to mom sure, and pop sure. video stores around the country um, just to kind of show them previews and VHS copies. And some joker took one of the copies, edited out the credits and this went around for five years in the UFO community as a real thing. And the director was like, I, God, I wish I had been smart enough to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he and even comments even, on it in the in the movie. Because yeah, in, in, the in, the, in the remake, there are like all these intercuts uh, with like professionals, like anthropologists and psychologists and whatever. And I think one of them is a filmmaker who is played by the director. And he ends his brief interview by saying, it, he's like, it couldn't be a hoax. But if it was a hoax, I should have directed it. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. By the way, almost every one of those interviews was so unconvincing. Oh They're dumb. And that's another thing that I didn't like about the new movie, which I feel like we should run through the plot real quick. But what one of the things that I didn't like about it, it was that it was clearly cut for commercials and also clearly cut for these interstitial like interviews. And I, I don't know if that was supposed to add to the realism, but for me, it just made it feel more like a production. And fake. Uh, and fake. Right, right. These people are not convincing. He He's the worst of them all. He's a terrible actor as far as that goes. I thought he was funny. I thought he was douchey. Like, he was a perfect douchey filmmaker. That's true. Um, but, okay. So, plot-wise... What happens is in, in the movie that we watched for the show, uh, Alien Abduction Incident Lake County, they are celebrating Thanksgiving and this movie is Thanksgiving through and through. Mm, <laughs> like, yes. There is a Thanksgiving feast on the table. They made a good choice. They come <laughs> back to it. They cut turkey from it several times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. In the original, it's just the little girl's birthday the big differences between the original and the new one are that in the original it's the little girl's birthday and this one at thanksgiving um there are a couple of extra characters in the new one um but other than that they follow the exact same plot line with the new one just throwing in some silly things there's a couple additional things though as far as how they encounter the alien um not really that's exactly the same so they're uh... celebrating thanksgiving or a birthday, whichever one you're watching. And, like, the power goes out. So the three brothers go and check the fuse box, and, like, the circuits are melted. So they go into the forest for why? <laughs> In the original, there's no good reason. There's no reason they go into the forest. But, God, they walk into the forest forever. forever. And I thought it was kind of boring. In the remake, they think, God cut that down, because I swear to God, they trek through the forest with nothing happening for, like, ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And good thing it's at the beginning of the movie, because you'd about turn it off by then. But I think in this one, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there some sparking, or was that later, some sparking no, that's coming right. from one they, of the power lines? I think lines. it's in both. No, they, Yeah, well, they also see, like, even before the power goes out, they see a flash of red light, and then the power goes out, and then when they're out in the 
outside, there's, I think, maybe another flash of red light uh-huh. or a transformer explodes or something. I don't know. But they, they go, the brothers all go walking through the woods and they find a spaceship. Yes. Ah, it's so funny. And the spaceship design is almost ripped off entirely from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's a big, like, globular, like, round spaceship yeah. with a hatch that comes down and everything. It's just sitting there. And in both of them, it looks pretty good. I mean, I was yeah. I was actually impressed at this low-ass budget movie. Well, it looks pretty good in large part because the, the film is so low quality like mm, and out of focus at times yeah Be, well because they're shooting he zooms way in uh, because they're at a distance and it's at night and it's dark and so it doesn't have to be amazing i'm sure that pro i mean props to the people who built that and it looks great but up close i'm sure it looked not amazing, but it looks great on the film. And then they also see these aliens walking around, which are clearly... I can't honestly... People believe this was real. I know, right. First of all, why are we as a species... Like, we're so conceited as to believe that if there is other life in the universe, that it will be humanoid. Yeah, they're going to look almost (laughs) exactly like us. Longer fingers and a different shaped head. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Wearing all black otherwise. Yeah, like (laughs) like black sweatsuits and just these rubber heads. In the new one, they're like conducting an experiment on a cow with like lasers. With lasers. (laughs) With lasers. (laughs) But then the aliens see them and uh, they run back to the house and they immediately panic and like they're ah there's aliens and they're after us and ev- the, like all the women and the little girl are like what's happening what are you <laughs> you're crazy <laughs> but i love that because it's totally like real life like if somebody came like you know i'm at thanksgiving and some of my family goes you know for a smoke in the woods or whatever and then they come back and they're like ah there's aliens <laughs> I, I i don't think i would immediately buy in either but i i like that um the funny thing about the original one to me was like the guys all freak out but then nothing really happens for a little while forever so they just go back to normal <laughs> yes well they do this every time in the original like it's like after about 90 seconds they all forget they saw aliens they just go back to bantering or playing cards or pouring more wine or whatever oh <laughs> uh, and yeah like that's like it's mentioned in the original one that the mom is drinking more since the father died um, and then they kind of let it drop. Like, I feel like maybe there's some things that you hear in the background. But in the new one, the mother has a glass of wine in her hands at all times. It makes Running no outside. difference. <laughs> it makes no difference <laughs> what's happening. She always has that glass of wine in her oh, hands. They make it. They make such a plot point out of it that it's obviously plotted. And that's one of the things that took me out of the movie is there are these little things. There's these little bits of drama that are too structured to be convincing. And the mom, you know, it's like early on, the brothers have this conversation about, you know, I'm worried about mom, she's been drinking more. And then at convenient moments throughout the movie, they get to comment on her drinking and they get to have a little argument about her drinking. You know, it's kind of, in this way, the original was way better. 
and and that's the same thing with uh, two of the other characters. I can't remember. There's some little fight that kind of doesn't need to happen. You know, it's like sometimes in movies where there's some big event happening that everybody should be completely focused on. And instead, there's got to be some little character drama between two people on the side that suddenly becomes the focus of everything. And that can at times come off as realistic, like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. It's kind of incorporated into the panic. Whereas here, it's just like, oh, we're in a quiet moment. Now let's show, you know, the tension between these two characters uh, in this what came across as kind of an artificial way to me. Me too, but I felt like it was better in the original. Yes. Like in in the in the newer one, it does. It just it feels artificial. Scripted. Like like the old, yeah, it does feel more scripted. And I believe that it, it was probably a similar process where he gave them beats and said play them. But these are actors, and and it almost. I don't know if they, I, I have no idea how many shots they did of everything, but like as soon as stuff starts going. The oldest brother in particular felt very much like a character. Like yeah. as soon as stuff started going down, he was like, I'm in charge of this family now. Everybody listen to me. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> he just kept telling everybody to shut up. Right. Aaron Pearl, who's been in like a hundred plus movies yeah. and TV shows. And he was in the 2006 um, remake of Black Christmas, by the way. Uh-huh. It felt like an actor playing a character, whereas yeah. in the original, everything was so chaotic and everybody was talking over one another. It just it, it honestly felt very organic to me. It did. Well, because nobody's distinctive, right? There's right. no like, oh, there's no this main is the character. strong one. This is the whatever. Yeah, it's just they all feel like a family in, in a situation. Yeah. And so anyway, OK, so they come back home and like, I don't know, the lights are still out and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But eventually they're like oh it's probably nothing (laughs) but then the aliens show up and like are like peeping their heads in the windows and stuff and they're running around and uh like locking all the doors and locking all the windows and stuff um and in both versions in different ways but in both versions they end up shooting one of the aliens yeah in the original they're outside and they bring (laughs) they bring it in that was so that, dumb. That was really, but like, but but I almost still kind of believed it because I'm like, God, people are dumb. <laughs> well, in a way, in a way, shooting it outside and bringing it in made a lot more sense because it showed that at least they needed to monitor or have some control over the body. You know, assuming it was dead, but not sure. Like when it shows up in the new one and they go through this whole ordeal upstairs, you know, behind this door and shoot. He shoots. There's a laser that comes through the door that burns one of the guy's hands. And then, so that prompts Curtis to blast his shotgun through the door in a very unrealistic shotgun shot, by the way. Yeah. Makes a perfect little cookie cutter hole in the door. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then they open it up and the alien's dead on the other side and they decide to just close the door and put a, thing in front of a piece of furniture in front of it, and then go downstairs. Now, the whole time I'm thinking, this alien got into that room, presumably through a window in that room. You saw multiple aliens outside. This is the way they got into the house. Why are you just closing and forgetting about that room that they got in with from? Either drag that body out or close the window in there. I mean, this room is important Yeah, for you to secure your house. 
And they're just like, all right, well, we killed it, and it seems to be dead, so let's close the door and also block it. And then they go downstairs and kind of more or less go about their business. I guess. I mean, they're still scared. They're freaking out. Like, the phone doesn't work. The lights aren't on. At some point, like, the aliens also, like, affect... Like, their watches stop, the electricity mm-hmm. goes out, the phone's not working. At some point, the uh, appliances all, like, freak out, which was something that they added to pad the time. They go out to get the truck, um, and the truck battery's totally melted. Um, and then their idea is to go get the tractor battery for the truck, and so they're arguing about who's going to go out and do that. Yeah, the guys are going in and out, and at some point, like, a, the two oldest brothers go out and don't come back. Um, and they, they never come back. Um, and, and, and the rest of them are freaking out. The big, another big difference between the two is that in the remake, there's something shady going on with that little girl. (laughs) 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 What is that all about? Like, it seems, it seems like she knows something that the rest of them don't know. I don't know if the aliens are talking to her, but she just keeps saying, you guys, it's fine. Everything's fine. Just, that's so strange. Everything's going to be okay. She says everything's going to be fine. She's constantly reassuring them. Then she's trying to get upstairs to see the alien multiple times. And yes! they just bring her down. And then she sits down and plays the piano. Again, another totally scripted moment. Where right when she's in frame at the perfect time and something's happening in the foreground, she sits down in the background and starts playing like this beautiful music apparently on the piano. But but she's not though, right? Like yeah, we I don't hear, hear it. it. There's a lot I couldn't hear, and I couldn't understand that. Is there stuff I, that I think it's there's something psychic weird going on there? I if she's playing anything, we couldn't hear it. <laughs> It's a, we don't hear it. The the camera doesn't hear it, but everybody else does. And that Same happens with a lot of noises yeah. she makes, right? It's like they're only happening to them. Right. Then there's little fights happening and Rosie and everything. One of them dies. I don't even remember. Like the the Renee. It's getting it's getting really hot and it's getting really cold and and they're, their they're burns really... showing up on their shoulders and yeah, then they, they disappear. They get like a mark. It looks like they're branded or something on the back of their necks and it's excruciating for a few minutes. And ro- and the little girl Rosie's like, it'll only hurt for a minute and then it stops hurting. Like how do you know, bitch? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> well. It's supposed to be creepy for us, but the weird thing is that nobody in the family, like, everybody forgets about that every single time. Like, Rosie's doing something weird. Rosie seems surprisingly calm. Rosie seems to know something that, you know, the rest of us don't. Rosie's oddly predicting when, you know, and, like, they they kind of, like, gloss it over. And that's what happens. There's, like, a red, this is different from the original as well. There's that red light that's just running around the room somehow. It looks like somebody's shining a red flashlight around. And it, it swoops around, and then it hits Renee, and she falls backwards. And she's, you know, laid on the sofa. She starts, like, convulsing. And then they're, like, worried that she's dead, but she's not. Because I guess Matthew is a doctor or something. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't even remember who all these people were. That's that's the thing that I didn't like about this, is they tried to throw too much in. They threw in extra characters. They threw in, like, there's supposed to be some, like, Stupid ass racial tension in the beginning because one of the sisters brings home a black boyfriend. Yeah, God, that sounded so fake. That was so crazy. And it doesn't go anywhere. It's dumb. No, it's unnecessary. 
they also throw in a, a confessional the like the main kid Tommy who's supposed to be 16 years old doesn't look anything like he's 16 years old to to, to be fair uh, i think a lot of this and that confessional was one of them where he sets the camera down in the bathroom and sort of was like you know kind of like if anybody gets this tape in the future this is what happened you know kind of kind of thing for posterity before they actually shot it they did a run through of it like with the actors, they said this happens a lot with movies. You just kind of do like a big run through and there are even companies that just do this. Um, it came in at 45 minutes. Yeah. And so they had to write, he, I think he said he had to write 20 more scenes basically in a day yeah. uh, to pad it out. And that confessional was one of them. And I think that shows, you know, it it worked better as a one hour. And yeah. I thought even one hour was long. If I hadn't seen the one hour, I don't know that it would have bothered me as much, but like the extra stuff that they threw in, like they all start acting weird and like, I don't know, it's crazy, but there's one point where, um, one of the sisters boyfriends. Yeah, that was Matthew. Starts just randomly making out with one of the other guy's wives. Linda. And like they, they, they start making out with each other and then everybody's like, what are you doing? And they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was you. Yeah, I thought, I, I thought she told we felt like you. Oh my god! Oh, can't you see they're messing with us? I was like, really? <laughs> no, it seemed it seemed really dumb and disjointed. And it's just a lot of like spooky things happening, like seeing aliens, not seeing aliens, uh, appliances turning on and off. But let's be clear. Networking. You say a lot of spooky things happening. Yes, all these things happen in the movie, but they are incredibly spaced out. I found they well, especially in the newest. In, in the newer one, I don't know. Honestly, like, I... Okay, so, full disclosure, it was late at night last night, so I was a couple of drinks in. <laughs> the original one, I found to be very tense, and I was kind of transfixed and like, <gasps> what's going to happen? Um, even though I had already seen... Like, I already knew what was going to happen because I had already seen the, the original, but... I was I was kind of compelled because I could imagine if I had seen this on TV in 1989 or ni the original in 1989. Mm. I think I would have been scared. Uh, yeah. And and people, you know, you you read the reviews and people are like, "This is the scariest thing I've ever seen." I saw it was like, when I was a kid. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. I get it. I think that I would have been scared if I had seen it as a kid, too. Absolutely. And I liked it for that reason. And I, I honestly even enjoyed the remake. I did. There were silly things about it, but I did enjoy it. Um, I, I still don't really understand what was going on with the little girl. And eventually, they both end the same way. Somebody tells Tommy, the guy behind the camera, put the goddamn camera down. And he does, and he puts it down. And, like, they all, they're just trying to remain calm because the guys have gone out to get the truck, but they never came back. So they've just convinced, or trying to convince themselves that the guys went for help. And so they're just waiting um, and so they sit down and play cards, which sounds so stupid saying it out loud, but really, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, what you would just kind of have to occupy yourself. I mean, at least until morning, but anyway, they sit down to play cards and like, 
I don't even remember what how the original one ended. And, and or no, the the new one. In the original one, it's positioned so that you can see kind of the front door and the aliens come in and they walk around the corner towards the family and uh one of the aliens looks at the camera and it goes out. But do you remember how the original one ends? Or the the new one? We we both saw the same version of the new one. Um in the new one, there are two endings. There was the original ending which oddly happens in the middle of what we saw. I don't know if that was an editing mistake or what, but uh, it's basically Tommy's going around the house and uh, he ends up in a room and he swings the camera around and there's an alien right in his face. Suddenly it's like he freezes, like the alien has frozen him or something. The alien seems to take the camera and swing it around so you can see that and then that's it. So oddly that happened in the middle of of what we were watching and that was weird that I wasn't sure what to make of that because then it's like Tommy is now suddenly back downstairs and he doesn't say anything about it at all. The alternate ending is that uh, he sets the camera down, just like you said, uh, and they see flashes of red and aliens start to come in, just like the original. And one alien comes in and it sort of like approaches Lauren, I think, or whatever her name was, and she's almost hypnotized and it follows her out and... Tommy's still kind of standing there freaking out, and the mother is still there kind of like just sitting. And then the second alien comes in and sort of grabs the mother and starts to walk her out. And the third alien, which has been trailing behind, looks at the camera and raises a hand, and then the camera sort of flickers, and it's done. And then, like, a PSA comes up, like, if you have any information about the disappearance of these people, call this number. And then it shows, like, photographs of of all the people. And then credits. Yeah, and then credits with no music. (sighs) I don't know. I liked it. I, like... As I was watching it, I was thinking, I'm so glad we picked this yeah. for the Thanksgiving episode because it is. I mean, they sit down and eat turkey and mashed potatoes, like in the middle of this <laughs> alien invasion. Exactly. It's it's so perfect. It is for Thanksgiving, and I had never heard of this at all. I knew nothing about it. And so if you listeners uh, are like me, I so like watch this on Thanksgiving. Like fill up on turkey and stuffing and pumpkin pie and like just unbutton your pants and sit on the couch. <laughs> Wait a second. Where is this going, Craig? <laughs> Take photos and send them to us. No, <laughs> what? No, come what on. are you asking our listeners to do? You're, you're so gross. I, I yeah. like I after after a big Thanksgiving meal like that, I need to, you know, like loosen my oh, belt a little loosen bit. Up the belt. Okay. All right, Al Bundy. And sit down and watch this movie. I dug it. It's not great. I'm not going to try to oversell it, but I enjoyed it. And it's it's safe. Like, your kids could watch this. Yeah. It could be scary. And, and like, if your kids are, are scared of things or easily scared and you don't want them to have nightmares, then no. But there's no violence or gore or, or anything. It's just little kids running around in uh, rubber... <laughs> alien masks. <laughs> they look so silly. Uh, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun pick for the holiday. It's fun pick for the holidays. It's not too much of your time, especially if you watch the original, which I think is more convincing. Me I think too. as an artifact, it's fun. 
there's so much better found footage movies now that are way more convincing than, than either of these ever were. But I feel like we've kind of stumbled across another ghost watch, you know? Yeah, like yeah. This, this movie that neither of us knew about, that nevertheless, once we posted the episode, you know, people were like, oh, I remember this. And oh, when I was a kid, I saw this. I was so freaked out. And it turns out, you know, there is a whole subset of people or a generation of people who, you know, this had some effect on them when they were young. So I'm really anxious to hear uh, what people have to say about it uh, later. And with no surprise, I mean, again, Dean Eliado was in, didn't really know what he had and didn't really take it as seriously as he could have. But he said outright, he was like, I was looking to make a sort of video version of War of the Worlds, you know, this right. kind of like re- report on an actual alien thing. So it's cool that it had an effect. And God, man, one year before the Blair Witch Project, he had this remake of his thing from 10 years ago on television. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. the similarities uh, are just... There's another movie that I want us to do, too, called The Last Broadcast, that also, you know, similarly came out just a little bit before Blair Witch Project and and was one of those earlier found footage horror movies that nevertheless didn't get uh, the marketing campaign or whatever that hit on the cultural zeitgeist like the Blair Witch Project did, but... I've heard anyway, really deserved it, but maybe even more so than the Blair Witch Project ever did. So, yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool to have discovered this movie. It is 100% a Thanksgiving movie, uh, and it was uh, it was really fun to talk about and learn about. Yeah. Uh, we've got another patron to listen to. How about Neil? Hey, guys, this is Neil in Virginia Beach. I've been a loyal listener since around 2017 when my friend Jilly recommended your show to me. I started with Monster Squad and loved it so much that I did what many people I'm sure do and cherry-picked episodes on movies I remembered and liked as a kid. Uh, Then I graduated to episodes of movies I wanted to see but never got around to. And then finally, I leveled up to being a completist and have now heard every single episode at least once. Uh, Because of you, I've seen dozens of flicks that I wouldn't have otherwise and also avoided some potential waste of time. (laughs) I have submitted requests that you guys turned into episodes like the Once Bitten episode and Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, I love your banter. Your recaps are thorough and thoughtful. And most of all, you just seem like two genuinely good dudes. In terms of my own relationship to horror, when I was a kid, the first naked women I ever saw were in the locker room scene from the movie Carrie. So naturally, naked women and scary movies are two of my favorite things. (laughs) I got a copy of the paperback version of Friday the 13th, part six from a garage sale. And that book gave preteen Neil nightmares for weeks. These days, I find that I'm enjoying my horror with at least a splash of humor thrown in. Stuff like Megan, Tucker and Dale, Cabin in the Woods. Thank you for giving me a reason to look forward to something horror related each week outside of spooky season. You guys are doing the Lord's work. Looking forward to more. Happy 365th. God, man, these messages are going to, like, make me cry. (laughs) It's so cool to hear Deal's voice. Another person who, you know, we interact with a lot, like, on the website and and on the patron page and all that. He has commented a lot, and we've had a lot of back and forth. It's so cool to hear his voice here. I final. know he's got a great voice. <laughs> yeah, like a great... he should. He should do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should be on our podcast. Uh, oh boy, seriously, Neil. He he's not lying. He's been around for a long time and has given us some great suggestions and some great feedback and. I, I really, I genuinely do enjoy just talking to you every week. And, and I also enjoy having something to look forward to. It's something I, I do look forward to every yeah. week. I look forward to um, 
seeing a, a new movie and, and talking to you about it, but hearing back from these folks, that's, that's what gets me. It's <laughs> pretty awesome, huh? I enjoyed being reminded of the locker scene from Carrie. God, I, I think I think that movie opens up. The very first scene in that movie is a fantastic shower scene with Sissy Spacek. Yeah, and it's uh, great. I do remember as a kid appreciating that quite a bit because uh, I also share um, similar hobbies as uh, as Neil does. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at naked chicks, like okay, um, I don't know if I call that a hobby. But <laughs> I don't know, but. Thank you, Neil. That uh, thanks, Neil. Y- you got me. It's always great to hear from you. You got me. <laughs> mm. Well, if you'd like to get us, or just drop us a note and uh, tell us uh, tell us what you think, or your favorite horror movies, or your favorite episode, or whatever it is you want to comment on. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be heartfelt and sappy. You know, just uh, drop us a line at our speakpipe, and uh, you can find that probably the easiest just by going to chainsawhorror.com. And uh, clicking on the link on our website that says "Talk to Us," and all you need is uh, your computer that you already have, and your web or your phone, and your web browser which you already have, and uh, you just hit a button on that website, start recording, hit stop, and that will get sent straight to us. And we would love to hear your voices, your comments, and uh, feature you on an upcoming episode, just as we have here with Neil. Also, uh, you can chat with us on our Facebook page and on Twitter, Instagram. The best way to do that is just to Google Two Guys in a Chainsaw Podcast, and you'll hit all of those things. Drop us a note there. Pass this podcast along to a friend. And consider uh, supporting us by going to patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast. Um, we have a lot of fun on that patron page and also uh, offer up a lot of goodies for those guys as well every week and every month. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys in a Chainsaw. Ah!